0: I did double order shades once. However, not this time. Thank God, because I like actually did think I was fucking losing my mind. Like- and yeah, you'd start to be
1: like this is like a part of my identity. Like I'm a I'm a chronic shade orderer. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: what I'm doing, but I'm doing my best.
1: Hello
0: going it's going great we're here together actually fa- facing each other we're facing each other we're in person in person in person last
1: time we recorded this podcast I don't know that we even knew that we would be in person but
0: <sighs> we can't even talk about why we're in person <laughs> so annoying <laughs> it's annoying it's annoying guys just know that we want to tell you just know that we're dying to tell you yeah but that's how it goes just know that in business (laughs) until the contracts are signed (laughs) we are business women making business happen we're trying we're fucking trying we're trying
1: we're literally trying so you know that we're trying so hard People are always like, will message us every week and be like, you guys should try. And
0: And we're we're like, like, we're trying. We're actually trying. We're trying so fucking hard. (laughs) No one is trying harder than us in this moment in time. I don't think. Well, (laughs) I mean, you know, I mean,
1: who knows? We never know, but we can tell you that we are all those things that you're wanting us to try. We're trying. We're trying. We're doing our best. We're here in person. We'll see what happens. Maybe we'll have some exciting things to tell you soon. Maybe we won't. We don't know. Maybe we don't know. We'll have something to
0: say at maybe some we'll point. Maybe we'll say maybe. Yeah. I mean, I guess even if it's not exciting, if it's like if it all falls apart and whatever, <laughs> we'll just be like, well, guys, here's what happened now. Here's what happened. Here's what happened. Yeah. We have
1: historically been um the kind of people that have maybe said something. Before we were supposed when to. When did we do that? When? I feel like there have been times when we've we've like you know jumped the jumped the starting line a little bit on some things, and then people are like, whatever business person you're working with is like, no no no, no you have to like you can't say that or whatever, because um, you know we're excited, but this time we're gonna we're not gonna say anything
0: that we're not supposed to say. Unless oh, we yeah. I do, do think one, one time Tina Fey did ask me not to say something about something about the TV show that I'm still on that I can't talk about because <laughs> right. of the strike. Right. And I was like, oh, too late. I already talked about it on the podcast. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Okay. I'm just not going to. I won't bring that up. I'm not going to bring that up. Oh, my I'm not gosh. Bring that up.: It's hard. There's always rules,
1: right? There, you know, and, <sighs> and sometimes they don't make sense to you, but I'm sure they make sense to whoever... Whoever laid the rule down,
0: you know. But... Well in this case, I do think it's fair for us not to say anything until we've got like a uh... until there's something to say. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. But
1: anyway. But as... anyway, you're
0: here, so it's nice. It's nice to see you in person. It's nice to like hang. Hang out. You came with me last night. I did um the rescheduled book talk for Andrew Rannell's book, uncle of the year. Yes. And that was really fun. He's so fun. Know, he's delightful. He just a delightful. Really baby. just like made of charisma. That guy He really is. He's yeah. so sweet. And, uh, and Gutenberg, the musical is so great on Broadway. If yes. anyone is able to come and get tickets and go see it, highly recommended, highly, yes. highly recommend. Yeah. Um, other than traveling for things that we don't even can't talk about. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. How's it all going? It's, How are you feeling? It's good.
1: I slept well. We had a little sleepover at Casa Kismet last night. Well,
0: Gina really threw me for a loop because she decided that she was going to sleep with Casey last night, not me. And I don't know what I did to deserve <laughs> such treatment, Gina. Gina. <laughs> Uh, she's sitting here allowing me to stroke her belly. Of course. She was being a good hostess. I guess she is. She didn't want me to get lonely. That's probably true. She yeah. is, honestly, she's a very considerate girl.
1: <laughs> she was very sweet and I appreciated that, um, yeah, I appreciated that she was there and <laughs> she didn't try to keep me up all night talking. No, she likes to, when she's ready, <laughs> it's time for sleep. She's ready to go. Um. I envisioned that like when I woke up and saw her on the end of the bed, I envisioned that she probably at some point meant to leave me and go join you, but she just was like sound asleep. And I bet she woke up and was like, oh no, I never,
0: <laughs> I didn't mean to stay here all night. I don't know. For whatever reason, she likes that bed better. I think it's lower. Oh, maybe, maybe. Maybe I need to get her stairs.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love
0: dog stares. Me too. I do love a dog stare. I do. Um, <laughs> then we had <have> the kerfuffle <laughs> this morning with the men.
1: Oh so my you guys, goodness! I, if
0: you, I, I did, I did do this. I did put this on my Instagram stories. But if you didn't see them, I'm just going to tell the story. I guess we have a few things to talk about. So yesterday, Birdie went back to school. Kirsten was at the apartment. I had asked her to like come make sure everything was. Settled for you for Casey to come to arrive to stay here and everything. And she calls me and she's like, Hey, so you ordered shades from the shade store, new shades from the shade store. And I was like, I did. And she's like, Well, they're here. They're delivering them right now. And I was like, Oh, shit. Oh, okay. I did. (laughs) And she's like, Yeah, they're here. And they're giant and it's giant. And I was like, Oh, I did. And she's like, yeah, th- I don't know. Was this supposed to be for the bedroom that there are already shades in? Or what is this for? I was like, I don't, I literally don't know. I don't know what, I don't know what window it's for. I don't know, every every window has shades. I don't, <laughs> I literally don't know what I did. And then I was like, well, I guess, is it possible I just ordered them online at some point, like right after Kate passed away, like in August, in because... In stayed. state. Yeah, because I think grief is just weird and like... Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I I don't... I like actually just didn't know. And she was like, okay, well, they're here. And I was like, well, could you call the shade store and see someone installing them? I'm so confused. I don't even understand. And she's like, yeah. So She called the shade store and she called back. She's like, they're coming tomorrow between 8.30 and noon or something like that and I was like oh okay still so weird I don't understand okay I guess they're for my bedroom I don't know my shades I will say my curtains in my bedroom aren't it's not enough curtains right you I do were need just saying that I do yeah. need new curtains yes. in my bedroom here at, at the kids um so I guess I I don't know very confused, you guys. The guys showed up this morning. They were so nice. Such nice Showed guys. up
1: like right on time. Right, Usually on, when they give you that window, they're not coming until like five minutes after the window no. closed. 8
0: 8.30 a.m. buzz. They come up. They're like, where are these going? I was like, well, I don't know. <laughs> but I guess in this, in my bedroom, I guess. And he's like, oh, so you want me to take down the curtain rod? I'll take down the curtain rod and put up these this shade, these giant, this giant shade, and he was like putting this stuff up, and he's like, I mean, it's like weird. Who they measured this? It's like weird. It's like nine extra inches or something. I was like, yeah, I mean, I don't know what I did. Then I was like, literally crying. I, I didn't. You didn't see this part, but I did. Start, I started crying because I was just like such an idiot. Like, who does this? Like, who? I mean what happened why am I not what's going on I took a walk I took Gina for a walk and I got coffee and I came back the guys are still putting the shades up and I went in I was like talking to Casey for a little bit and then I went and I like looked at the at the packing slip and like the invoice that they dropped off yesterday when they dropped off the shades and I was looking at it and then all of a sudden I'm like that's not my name (laughs) That isn't my name at all. Not even a little bit is that my name. No. Not even close, but I actually know whose name that is. (laughs) And it's the woman who lived in this apartment before me. Right. And I'm friends with her. I know her well. And I was like, so the guys are literally almost finished installing these gigantic draperies in my house, in my bedroom. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, guys, hold up. These are not my drapes. (laughs) He's like, what are you talking about? I was like, these are for Sarah who used to live here. And I bet it's for her new apartment. Right. And I bet that she was like in the system or something and they just had her old address. And for whatever reason, I don't know how this happened exactly. Yeah. Except that here we are now. And they were like, this has never happened before. (laughs) And then the guy goes on his like work phone that has, you know, all the information in it. And he's scrolling through and he's like, hold on, hold on. And he's scrolling through and he's scrolling through. And then he's like, oh my God, I actually see the right address. And he told me, he's like, do you by any chance know where she moved? And I was like, I actually do because I know yeah, her. Right. And he said the address and I was like, yep, that's where she moved. And he's like, it's like weirdly buried. They still have this address as the primary Address her new address is like weirdly buried in a note. Yeah. In the file. He's like, this is insane. I'm so sorry. Then they had to take down all the stuff, re put my curtain rod up for me. Thankfully, they did that. That was nice. That I mean, was honestly. Nice. Yeah. And now here we are. We I mean, I do have Sarah's gigantic curtains just in <laughs> my hallway. In your hallway. But I texted, I mean, I texted with her and she's like, oh my God, I've been trying to figure with the shade store and I've been trying to figure out where my package is. It oh was signed my. for and delivered. I was like, yeah, my assistant signed for it for sure. hundred uh, percent. She definitely, definitely signed for it.
1: Wow. Um, I will say the name of the shade store always makes me laugh because it's like the shade store called and said, you suck, you know? Like, that's the joke that everyone always makes about the name of the shade store. The employees of the
0: shade store or the men that work with the shade those store, two, well, they I, were not I shady say, at all. All I can say about those two guys, I would have I would have invited them in for lunch. They were so nice, those guys. They were Both so nice. And they, to be honest, they could have been shady. And they could have been fucking annoyed and <laughs> rude about this mix-up, <laughs> like, who, why... Why are you just looking now yes. at the name on this thing? Right. They were so kind and so nice. And I just, guys, not, a, you know, no, we have no skin in this game. Yeah. But shout out to those guys from the shade store. Yeah, they were really nice. And they didn't make me feel like an idiot. Yeah, they were just like, okay, see you later. Well, they have understood that it was like basically some some someone at, the shade store, the shade stores situation issue.
1: What I'm going to say, this is a timely reminder because I have had this happen in the past. And one time it happened to my mom too, when she was trying to send something after we moved. You know, most online retailers, when you order something online, if you ever send something to a friend or whatever, it retains that address. And sometimes it will check off like the wrong address that they, you know, this is where you sent something last time. Do you want to send it here? And it's easy to skip over that step. So I'm guessing it retained her old address where she maybe had something sent in the past and she either missed it or it didn't even ask, like, is this the address that you want to use? But I noticed that like more and more e-retail sites are keeping every address. I know because like one time I sent a mug To a friend who's, like, the level of friend that you would send a mug to, like, for a birthday or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then uh, whatever website that was then assumed that everything I ever wanted to send anywhere was to that same address. And I had to, like, delete the person's address out so it wasn't my default address.
0: I also want to say, like, anything, especially because the holidays are coming up, yeah, you just, guys, just double-check your addresses. This is so important, you guys. This is
1: so important. <laughs> it it's not important, but it will save you a lot of frustration. It, it will. Well, this that's is just, very stressful. I, this was
0: this was bizarre. This was like this whole thing. It was a perfect storm of like insanity. Just weirdness. Yeah, it was just like also that I just was like, well, yeah, I guess I did that. Right. I guess I didn't remember you had some shades in the past that you didn't remember ordering, right? And so we were saying- Guys, that, that did happen once. <laughs> that did happen once. I did we were- order, I did double order shades once. Right. Yeah, so, so we- it, didn't, it wasn't, listen, it wasn't out of the realm of possibilities right. for me to have done this. Right. However, not this time. Thank God because I like actually did think I was fucking losing my mind like,
1: and yeah, you'd start to be like, this is like a part of my identity like I'm a I'm a chronic shade orderer <laughs>
0: <laughs> Like once you do it <laughs> twice, like do like once was bad enough <laughs> but the second time I did it, it's enough. it's enough <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was it was yeah. anyway, uh it was all resolved. it was fine, it's fine. it's fine. So, yes. So yesterday was like
1: uh, a big day because Bird went back to school and I coordinated my flight coming in so that you could pick me up at the airport as you were dropping Birdie off. Yeah. You're such a good airport picker upper, by the way.
0: You're like, I believe in it. You really do. It's like do. An, It's like an ethos of who you are as a person. Listen, not in LA. I'm not picking you up at LAX. <laughs> it's not happening. That's just 100% not happening.
1: I picked you up at LAX one time, and it was the first time I'd ever picked anyone up at the airport.
0: I remember. That was so nice. But it was also during COVID. Yeah. So it was so so it scary wasn't... to... Yeah, I couldn't have somebody... I didn't want to get a car, right? Wasn't that? Yeah. You were like, I could take an Uber. And then I was like,
1: no, don't do that. Because like, I think it'd be like as stressful as it would be to have like a nervous driver who's never done this before picking you up. I think it'd be more stressful to be like in the back of an Uber and you don't know like what the person's masking policy would yeah, be exactly. or whatever. So anyway, but um, no, but picking someone up at the
0: airport, that's like legit. That's a real, that's a thing. Well, I also think it depends on the airport in New York. Yeah. Newark is just not that far. Yeah, it's a good airport. From the west side of Manhattan.
1: It's a good airport. So
0: it it feels very easy to get out there most of the time. Um, Yeah. Yeah. But like the rest of the trip with Birdie, I have to say, was really nice in so many ways. And like, I do have to forgive her and myself but you know she was very jet-lagged when she first got back yeah and i like sort of forgot that that's like an actual thing yeah and she was really also there was just other stuff going on like with her friends back here yeah that i didn't really know was happening until a little bit later that was kind of heartbreaking and like they were just kind of not knowing how to deal with I think that they have a couple like her really really close close friend was feeling like really abandoned and sad that birdie had gone chosen to go to boarding school and so then this was the first time they were going to see each other yeah and she just wasn't Birdie kept trying to like make plans and she was just like I'm busy I'm busy I have stuff I'm busy and she like didn't invite Birdie to go to any parties for Halloween and she didn't and it was really like heartbreaking for me but Birdie was like really kind and like giving her the you know she was just giving her a lot of like she was being very generous yeah towards her friend and so if that meant that in moments she was not able to be generous towards me yeah I think that that's kind of like what being the parent of kids and teenagers sometimes is as a mom.
1: Oh, 100%, you just have to take it. Mm-hmm. You know?
0: But I will say this, there was like some woman person who left a really nasty comment on our Instagram about Bertie being a spoiled brat and um it made me want to like literally never talk about my children again, never like stop doing this podcast, stop talking about my life because like I do that, I do
2: it with the,
0: I mean, honestly, I'm going to be just very fucking real. We both do it. Yeah. Generously. Yeah. And with the understanding that it will be received with generosity and understanding as well from you, our listeners and like my kid is like, not for anyone to debate. Like, it's like not for the the way that she's, she is, or the way that I'm saying she is in this moment or whatever. It's not for discussion on a comment online, Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Well, it's like whenever we're talking, whenever anyone's talking about anything for that matter, it, you're talking about a moment and like your experience in the moment. It's not like an indictment on who someone is. It's not a summation of, who, you're just talking about like, this is what happened yesterday and like tomorrow will be different. So it's just like, it's not for anyone to make a summary judgment. And also, I don't know, it just, just be kind. Like we're just being kind to each other or we're trying to, it's a reminder to me to be kind. And, and like, if I ever get into a position where I think I'm making like a judgment on someone based on like the smallest information that I was given, even if it came like straight from the horse's mouth, it's just a part of a picture of something. You're just talking about a moment in time. Just the same as like when you talk about something amazing that happened, it's just a moment in time. It doesn't mean that your life is perfect 24 seven because you had a good time at an event and it doesn't mean that your life is a disaster because you had a one disastrous day where you were sick and your kid was jet lagged and, you know, it, it just doesn't, it doesn't mean anything. You're just talking about one moment. It's, we just have to stop trying to summarize who people are, who people 100% are based on talking about one afternoon.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I think that we think of the, well, we think of the podcast as like, we're talking to each other, we're friends. And we think of, we're talking to all of you who are also like our friends. And, you know, when you talk to friends, you don't qualify everything. You know what I mean? Like your friends, they know you and they know like, oh, I'm just like blowing off steam about this thing that happened in my house or whatever. And this is what happened. Like, this is the real truth of it. And this is the honest picture of like the situation as of yesterday. But like when you're talking to your buds, like it's a group chat or whatever, you don't have to qualify everything by saying, now I want to be clear that You know, I love my husband, even though I'm complaining about this thing that he did. You know what I mean? Like, I don't have to say that when I say something that happened between my husband and me. You know, you guys know that I love him or whatever, you know. So it's just, yeah. Like, well, it's like we were saying, some things go without saying. But there's always going to be someone that, you know. Things that they know.
0: Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. I feel like we get... I feel like maybe I've been just... Maybe I've been, like, naive and lucky, you know? Yeah. I don't fucking know. I don't know. (laughs) I talked to Mark about it, you know? Like, it's complicated. It's complicated, like, even... I mean, for a myriad of reasons, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what the answer is. Casey, I don't know. I'm like, I'm just, I'm tired, you know?
1: Yeah, I can understand that. I
0: can understand that. And I said to I said to you earlier, like, I like genuinely, I just wish there was like a spell where we could like make things a little easier, like a little easier. Right.
1: Yeah, because- It's just a time, right? It's just a time where, and I've been having days where like aside from everything that's going on in the world, just in my own personal life, I just feel like I can't even complete one single thing without a wrench getting thrown into the works. Like pretty fairly simple and straightforward things. And so, yeah, I heard you. I wish there was a a spell where I could just be like, like, could this be like, could anything could like one thing or two things be frictionless, you know, just like very easy, automatic, like things that you should be able to go on autopilot for like ordering shades or, you know, getting, um, a document sent to you by someone who owes you a document in the mail, you know, uh, could that just happen? Could that just happen with ease? And, like, I don't know. I mean, I don't know and I do know, you know? Like, I could say I don't know why this is happening, but obviously, like, everybody is very distracted and everybody is scrambling to prioritize things in some order that is mysterious to everyone except for them. You know, people are just doing like what they think is right, I guess, whether it's, you know, whether it is actually right or not, people are just doing what they think. And it's, it's, you know, it's not frictionless. It's not frictionless.
0: It's not frictionless. That's for damn sure. Anyway, I think this podcast is going to be short today. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Because we're supposed to maybe go somewhere, but
0: and i got to i have to do things before we do and yeah. you have to do things before we do yeah. and we had a really nice talk with Cleo Wade guys uh, we actually talked to her last week so just so you know that not yes. just full disclosure i'm just saying <laughs> full disclosure not that it matters not that it's going to impact anything necessarily um i really enjoyed our talk as you probably know Cleo Wade is is a writer and a poet and an artist and an all around interesting person and thinker. And she had a lot of really great things to say. And we, we had a really lovely discussion. She has also has a new book out. I loved her, her first book, uh, heart talk. talk So heart talk is the first one. Um, and I just think she, I think a lot of times her poems, her poetry, really like gives me a lot of like a place to go like a like a soft place right to go and her new book is called Remember Love which again I do feel like is a thing worth remembering especially on our very worst days days. anyway she's interesting and incredible and I think you guys should take a listen and you're gonna enjoy it You know, I am very frequently looking for ways to get better gut health, improve my metabolism, fitness and my skin and my hair. And recently we started using Armra colostrum. You love it,
1: right? Yeah, it's so great. I'm always looking for something to help me strengthen my immunity. Armour is just an easy way to do it because I'm not willing to really do anything that's difficult, you know?
0: So, So Armour Colostrum is a powder and you mix it. Yeah, just mix a little drink. And you drink it. And it's a proprietary concentrate of bovine colostrum that harnesses over 400 living bioactive nutrients that rebuild the barriers of your body. And fuel cellular health for a host of research-backed health benefits. It strengthens immunity. It ignites metabolism. It's anti-inflammation, guys. That's for me. Uh, I feel like I'm inflamed by everything. Always. Yeah. I'm constantly inflamed. <laughs> but not when. Armra is in my bod. (laughs) Um, It's wholly natural, sustainable, and was developed with the highest integrity from start to finish. Sustainably sourced colostrum from grass-fed cows from a co-op of dairy farms in the US. They strictly source only the surplus supply of colostrum after calves are fully fed. And unlike most colostrums, which use heat pasteurization that depletes the nutrient potency, Armra leverages their proprietary cold chain biopotent technology, Whoa. innovative process that purifies and preserves the integrity of hundreds of bioactive nutrients while removing casein and fat to guarantee the highest potency and bioavailability of any colostrum available on the market. Wow. 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 For results you can see and feel. I appreciate that they do all that. Of course we do. You know, we have high standards. <laughs> we expect We expect our colostrum to have... High standards as well. Whether it's like fortifying your gut health, whether it's fitness, performance, and recovery, you think you should give it a shot. Colostrum has been shown to improve fitness endurance by
1: 20%, decrease recovery time by over 50% after intense exercise, improve stamina, and specifically build lean muscle mass. Those are all things that are on my list, my to-do list. Always on my list.
0: Guys, we've worked out a special offer for you. Our audience received 15% off your first order. Go to tryarmra.com slash busy or enter busy to get 15% off your first order. That's T-R-Y-A-R-M-R-A dot com slash busy. Ooh, my little pack's is fully charged. I can see it sitting over there just waiting just waiting for you to hit it just waiting for me to hit it you know why i love my packs why i'm so many reasons number 1 cuz it's it's safe like i know that they invest in teams of expert engineers and chemists so i feel like it's safe. There's safety involved. They're the only cannabis brand to have an in-house toxicologist. Yeah. Responsible. It's responsible. They subject their products to twice as much testing than the average cartridge. And their oil batches are tested four to five times before being released on the market. Guys, all of that makes me feel like, okay, I'm getting high. And I know that this is like, and it's good. You're I know it's high gonna like be an good. adult. You know what? I am getting high like an adult. <laughs> I am, and the thing I love about packs too is it like goes with you wherever, right? Right. It's like it's with me. If I start to feel like panicky, because a lot of times the weed for me, the weed for me, a lot of times, guys, it's more about just chilling me out a little bit, as opposed right. to like taking an edible, for instance, and then being like, oh man,
1: because you just don't know what you you're never getting. Know.
0: Well, I'm sorry, but with the edibles, sometimes you like think you know. It's like the real world. Like you think you know, but you, you have no idea. You don't. You know, because like then all of a sudden you're so high and you're like, I can't speak. What There's am I going to do? There's nothing worse than
1: getting higher than you meant Exactly. To because th- you can't go back. There's nothing to There's be There's no done. going
0: back. Right. But with PAX, the greatest thing is that you get just as high as you want to get. Like you know how high you're getting. And then if you need a little bit more. You got a little bit more right right there in in your pocket. You got a little bit more. Right there in your pocket.
1: I really appreciate it. I use it as a substitute for wine and other alcohol. I'm just not that into drinking at the moment. And so it's nice to be able to have, you know, just a little nighttime treat to take the edge off and relax a little bit. And it doesn't have carbs. You know what I'm
0: saying? Oh, my God, Casey. (laughs) You said it. She said it, everybody. She said it. (laughs)
1: I'm saving my carbs for other things. So,
0: you know, I feel that. I feel that deeply. I mean, I enjoy both, but especially like for me with like the anxiety and like just trying to chill out. Yeah. Alcohol is not the move, not right, right. the move for me. Right. But I also love packs because they invest in Real social impact. Yes. Like social reform, sustainability, safe access for cannabis, and a more equitable future for everyone. Yes. So this year they launched the Peace by PACS initiative, which aims to impact over a thousand patients in need of cannabis as medicine. They also partner with Weed for Warriors. This is Jane Project, The Last Prisoner Project, and many others. And they have donated millions to date in support of the good organizations making an impact in the cannabis industry and beyond. And I'm just like, you are got to get high, right? (laughs) (laughs) If getting high is your thing, it's mine. And if it's yours... I highly recommend a PAX device because you know you're investing in quality and safety and sustainability. They're a leader in the cannabis space. They have been for so long. They've been doing it longer than almost anyone else. Right. They're committed to pushing the envelope, improving industry standards. And it's just like a solid product. You know what you're getting. It's really good and well-tested and you don't have to feel like nervous about anything right which
1: i think is probably the case for a lot of people who are curious about this so it's discreet if you're kind
0: of (laughs) curious
1: yes if you're kind of
0: curious is that a saying because if not i just made it up you're welcome you're welcome pax (laughs) guys you can purchase the products online at pax.com or at a local dispensary or head shop just feel like you may as well just get into it a little bit. Also, my PAX is cute and it has my name on it. (laughs) (laughs) Treat yourself. Just treat yourself. Get it personalized. Put your name on it. Um, This is for use only by adults 21 and older. Keep out of the reach of children and pets in case of accidental ingestion or overconsumption. Contact Poison Control Center. Consume responsibly. Visit pax.com slash busy... For 15% off your first order, that's pax.com slash busy for 15% off your first order.
2: Hi, Busy. Hi. Hi, Cleo. How are you? So nice to see you. Thank you guys so much for having me.
0: Of course. Um, we're thrilled to talk to you. Thanks for um, being here. I feel like, Cleo, I feel like you're a person who an artist... Who in these times, these last many years of like varying degrees of tumultuous trying to get through our day while also dealing with like the enormity of the world. I do feel like your writing always brings me a little
2: slice of peace. So thank you. Oh my gosh. Thank you. And I mean, it, it's really crazy because I feel like most of the time people are, you know, they love to say like, well, is this the worst time in history? Is this because we look at the, the, we look at how in, in history, we, we consistently let ourselves down as a human race, um, and, um, don't honor each other's lives. But, um, this is the first time in history where, um, everything that happens in every corner of the world is in the palm of our hands to see at any given time. Right. We and We were just
1: talking about this last week, yeah. about how while this might not be a unique period in history, we're viewing it... Or, by the way, or unique atrocities, yeah.
0: I'm just going to say. Yeah. Right. Like, right. truly not. We're
1: viewing or... it in a way that we have historically n- never experienced before as humanity-wide.
2: Yeah. And we could wonder if our... um You know, our brain is an operating system and we could wonder if we, if our brains are able to actually process this. Right. Right. And so I think, thank God for art, whether that's a television show or a book or a play or a poem, um, because they may be the only outlets that give space for that background processing to happen, um, where we can... Focus in on joy um, or something our brains really do know how to digest and light up around, which is kind of the things that um, strike our spirit or entertain our souls or make us laugh or make us cry uh, and so it's a it is I think a time to really focus on the power of of art really helping us through as a tool. Is that a thing
0: that you return to yourself. And if so, like, what are the things that you, what do you turn to? Like whose art do you Yeah, gravitate I mean, towards? So like what kinds of things are you into? Truly.
2: I mean, it could be for me, um, you know, there was so much, I, I reread so much bell hooks over the past few years, but I mm-hmm. also reread a ton. I reread, um, Heartburn by Nora Ephron the other, like a month ago or two months ago. And I hadn't read that book in 10 years. And, um, you know, you're reminded of the, um, of also the, the vast contrast of things we need to feel like whole and excited. It's just like, you don't have like one friend who delivers one thing over and over again to, to you. Do you know what I mean? Right. Oh yeah. yeah. And so it's like, you want this, the, the thing that is like the varying, experience. Um, And so I think in that, um, I was thinking about even how like during the pandemic, I really um, relied And I like something that really got me through was that Fran Leibowitz doc, I uh, pretend it's a city. Did you
0: guys watch oh that? God. Oh yeah. Yes. It was amazing. It was amazing.
2: Like it just and it was like because I hadn't been personally connecting to my own curmudgeony grumpy friends that like excite my <laughs> brain, you know? Like, and so but you just you remember that like the spice of life, it's a little bit of everything that makes life um feel like a worthy experience. Um, and so whether that's like I watch Uh, I mean, the other day my friend DR was over and we were just like decompressing and we were like, yeah, I mean, I guess the only thing to do is watch the holiday. Do you know, like it's it's a, it's a, a, you know, I, I just was joking with someone the other day that I was like, thank God it's only November because only holiday movies could get us through the end of this year. Like yeah. like this, like the idea that we can just wrap our ha- homes in different lights and have these different scents and like focus on family and in person as a as a culture, regardless right. of what your background is. Like there just is this end of the year gathering that happens. Yeah, um, for sure. And movies about love and that are light and you know, I was like, thank God for November first. I've <laughs> been very
0: into like comedy specials in the last couple months truly and like absurd comedies but chris fleming we know we had chris on the podcast because i was like chris has gotten me now through some really dark times and i like just go back and watch little clips from it and it makes me so happy um that's what art is that right that's art is about making sense of these
1: like I mean, to me, like poisonous feelings, you know? It's it's about sort of separating everything out. It's about escaping sometimes. It's about making sense of things sometimes. And it's interesting, Cleo, like what you were saying about how we have this unique lens on everything. I also see a lot of people saying like, why are you caring about this right now why are you talking about this unimportant thing and it's like cuz that's how like i'm existing you know what i mean like taking a moment to care about a funny comedy special or yeah. holiday decorations or or whatever what do you think about that about like the holding both things
2: well i think what ends up happening is people um you know decide and and it's not a it it, it it feels obvious that, that that a lot of people would come to this if you unless you intentionally don't want to do this with your kind of judgment system um is they start to think that the only ways you're existing are online and the only conversations you're having are online and the only things you're doing um, that have to do with things you care about or want to help out or chip in on in any way is happening online. Um, and of course they do, especially after years of being in the house. Um, but you know, um, I'm sure you both know the, what it's like to say like, yes, I could have the post be effective about a candidate I care about, but nothing's quite as effective as like going down to the state, knocking on doors, which is why we do that. Right. Um, And there is, or, you know, nothing's more effective than just making sure you go to that event or help out in different creative ways. Um. I, you know, like I could say that I didn't necessarily maybe like maybe didn't post as much for like Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, but I made T-shirts for their campaign. And, you know, we help in other ways or, you know, you support in other ways. And I think that it's very um, unhelpful to feel that the only way that um, we can show who we are or be all of who we are is in the online world because it's not the real world. Um, And it's not the place where every type of conversation is helpful because it's not a conversation. It's a sharing space with blocks for comment. And that is not actually dialogue. And for some things, especially things that are complicated or really hard to talk about or really emotional for people or really crazy making for people or really triggering for people, you need safe spaces for dialogue. That's why your therapy doesn't happen in the middle of, you know, a town square or like the cafeteria hall. You go into a quiet place and you talk. That's why if you're having a hard day, you say to your friend, if you call them, hey, can you talk right now? What you're really saying is, do you have space to be the listener I need for this hard time I'm having?
0: That really makes Wait, sense. I really think that is so beautiful. Cleo, I'm gonna cry. But Aww. only because <laughs> only because it is it has gotten away from everyone. That that piece has really gotten away from everyone. And we talk on our podcast, we've talked a lot about third places, you know, the idea of the third place going away, where people don't have even the community in which to have complicated, delicate conversations with honestly strangers or possibly strangers or people that they kind of know. And I think that we're really all of us culturally definitely suffering for that Mm -hmm. because it's apparently very easy for people to type (laughs) to someone a thing that they feel In the moment. Well,
2: it's also very easy to misplace your pain. We all know that. I mean, we all know that we don't want to like get frustrated with our kids when it has nothing to do with them and has everything to do with like a work disappointment or the lack of sleep we had or the this or the that. Like, you know, so we all know what it's like to have, you know, a misplaced pain, suffering, and place it into like a reaction to, a loved one or someone we think we know, or, you know, the, like, I remember one saying to um Simon, my partner, cause he's like, he was getting kind of like a little like saucy. We were like in the back of a taxi and he's like, no, no, sir. Like, can you, you know, you need to, and I was just like, you got in the car 15 minutes late. You cannot make that his problem. Like you needed to leave room for error of like the turn or the not turn. Like that cannot be his problem. Like this is misplaced, like directed inward. Like you plan better. Like, you know, it's like, and so I think, but we all know what it's like for someone to like represent the symbol of their like where their anxiety can just gravitate towards really easily and it's obviously that's that's the person they're the reason this this guy this taxi driver right um but that's an that's just where your anxiety wants to attach when you don't create a pause for an inward experience and accountability structure <laughs> right it's so smart
1: that you're saying that because you know busy and i were talking about this last week a little bit like getting you know, when when people are like, how could you think this or how could you say that when I'm like, I don't think you really I don't think you know me like you think you know me. And also, I don't think I said or did the thing that you're saying, but I keep trying to remember. It's the same thing I always told myself about my kids. They fall apart where they feel the safest yeah. Um and and you know whether that's in the back of a taxi or to like someone who they're like no I'm saying this to you cuz I really like you and so I have to channel this this bad feeling that I
2: have um whether or not it's and, and really gigantic feelings make us irrational listeners. And that's really important to remember, you know, so like that, that is, you know, like filters are not just something you're like swiping on your photo on like Instagram. A filter is like the ways in which you process and see the world. And some people are seeing the world and feeling the world, which is really important to remember through their own trauma, through their own fear, through their own pain. So the best you can ask anyone to do for themselves is say, pause, like, can you just pause? Can you just pause for processing? Because most of the people, whether they like you or not, are in a way subconsciously trying to process through you. Um, And we have to present boundaries to make that impossible for others to do because it's not gonna work, A, and B, it's not really gonna help anyone. And it certainly won't help us to reconcile if there's a fracture, right? Totally.
1: Cleo, I feel like you could be a really amazing therapist. <laughs> <laughs> I do too. I really think you could. And I, people say that to me sometimes too. And I always think it's like the best compliment. Mm. But it's interesting to me because you have, like to me, it seems like you have the mind of a therapist, but you're like putting it out there through art. What was the moment where you were like, I can reach a lot of people and I can talk
2: to a lot of people? You know, I think a lot about the, um, that kind of old idea you hear all the time of, um, if you do what you love, you never have to work a day in your life, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and while I definitely feel like I have to go to work a lot, <laughs> when it came to finding the pathway into what would make the work worth it, because, you know, I'm not from like particularly as far as like socially how we, um, uh, value achievement. I'm not from like high achieve, a high achieving background. Like I'm from new Orleans. Like we value dancing and food and like, I and like having a big lunch. And like, <laughs> I never saw people have, like, I never met a workaholic. Like I think I had one parent In my whole childhood, who I knew what they did for a living because it was my best friend's dad who had worked in politics. So, and we, I basically like lived at their house. So I knew that he was the lieutenant governor. And then I knew he became the mayor because we just, we knew that. But I couldn't tell you what another one of my parents' friends did. I knew they went somewhere and they went to work. But this idea of like, you know, I think especially living in spaces like New York or LA where like, what you do is such a big part of who you are. Like, I really couldn't tell you what their jobs were. Mm-hmm. Right. And for my parents, like my parents' entire life revolves around like what they socially want to be doing. They would make just enough so that my mom could afford her dues for her Dolly Parton dance club. And they like <laughs> march in a in Mardi Gras band every year, like at Mardi Gras parade every year. Like, and she was like, Before she was in the Dolly Parton group, she was in one called the Disco Amigos until we were like, ah, is this appropriate? Like, no, like, (laughs) you know, and so it was like, that is the value system that I grew up in, which is like, I didn't go to school to go to Jazz Fest. So like, it always made sense to me that like, I literally cancel my work and everything I do for two weeks, take my kids out of school and go to Jazz Fest. Like, yes, I always, my parents did that to me. I mean, we canceled school during Mardi Gras. We like, you know, it's not a, but that is what we like. And so I think for me, when I thought about, obviously I knew I had to work and I had this, I have an energy for um, like big goals and big dreams. Um, And so I, I knew I'd get a job and I knew I wanted to live in New York. But when I thought about like, well, what was my, like the job I thought could sustain me, I really thought about What did I think I was so good at that it could like integrate into or feel worth time away from my friends or my kind of social and community spaces? And then I realized that it was actually just extending my social and community spaces. So when I sit down to write a book, I don't think about like, okay, here's the 10 things I'd like to teach or share. I think about here's the 10 things my friends and I talked about. And these ideas were really, really helpful. They either really helped me or they really helped my friend who, you know, came and sat down in my living room every single night for, you know, six weeks as she went through her divorce. Like we knew, I like we felt like you felt the energy of the cells in their bodies changing from this idea. Um, right. And it really helped them get to the next phase of that transition or change. And so to me, I think more about how I live in the community I live in, you know, kind of. Um, really process and do a lot of that processing work. And then I put it into my books, which is the same, I think with, you know, people would say that to me about Instagram all the time. They'd be like, how do you like just write the positive thing, even in the worst circumstances or did it on? I'm like, well, I process because I don't feel that my space, I feel like actually the unprocessed stuff can be really helpful because it really helps people to not feel alone in their, where they are in their processing. But when I consider what I want my personal offering to be, it is something that is processed so that it can actually hold a space for somebody. And I think that's a very different um, modality for the online world because most I don't think that's the offering most people work towards.
1: Right, right. Right. You're very thoughtful and I'm so happy that you keep bringing up the idea of processing something because- this might be controversial and it might even sound meaner than I mean it <laughs> to mean. And because I well. never, I never want to be mean to anyone, but I do think we let ourselves off the hook for processing things a lot by just saying like, this is how I am. Mm. And this is how I am feeling. And mm-hmm. just putting, you know, I, I think that you have to kind of hold yourself responsible for processing your feelings about anything, and it's not to say that you can't you can't, as you were saying, convey unprocessed feelings or emotions. It's just that it still is your responsibility to further process them from their original state and maybe even like check in with the person (laughs) that you talked to about when it was unprocessed and say like I'm just letting you know like here is where I am now that I've had time to sit with it a little bit and here's how I'm feeling because well that's busy we talked about people trauma you know talking about trauma dumping on TikTok uh, which we're like that's like a thing that we say to each other now all the time, you're trauma dumping, you know? But I think actually like maybe sharing raw emotion that is unprocessed uh, because you need to, because you need that outlet and then not going back to continue the conversation with someone that you, like that might actually be a case of trauma dumping. I don't know. What do you guys think?
2: Well, I think you can do anything you want And then you have to ask yourself what it, if you want what that yields. So if you truly, if your greatest goal is to have community and perhaps even beloved community and people who love you and see you and want to hold you through a hard time and and accept that holding also from you and they're going through a hard time, then to be in the world unprocessed as a raw nerve will not yield that. And most people really want that. And so I think we have to always consider, you know, does our behavior and mostly our continued behavior doesn't have to be just today's behavior. Cause we all have like moments where we just like freak out. And like, that's also a part of friendship and saying like, you're, you're freaking out and it's making me uncomfortable, but you're like, grace is grace belongs in friendship. So grace is you can freak out. Right. If you have a pattern of just freaking out being the way in which you or like that kind of unprocessed raw nerve, you know, un, you know, like zero accountability feeling space if that's your norm, um then you will not have the community like you need to sustain a joyful life likely. And so it's always right. about like, okay, does how I feel like I have a right to be get me the greater picture of what I want? Um, And maybe you don't want that community and you'd rather just say like, I'd rather be able to act however I want and that's what I want more. And that's what you'll have. Right, right.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that there's like what Cleo was saying too. Like, I think there's room for all things, right? Like, I think that sometimes that unprocessed, Expression can feel really um, bonding because because especially if like everyone is trying to figure something yes, out or process yeah. something.
2: And some things belong in community to process. By the way, yes. right? Grief yes. is Grief. is easier. It's well, it's never easy. Grief really benefits from community. Yeah, just does. Heartbreak really benefits from community. It's just like, but you can feel however you feel while also creating the right boundaries in a space for however you're feeling to never turn into violence against another. And violence could I mean, be trauma dumping, right? Because that is right. not, that is something where like the idea of a dump means that there was not consent. So right, that right. means that somebody didn't say, Hey, I want to hold this. I'm like, let's have a of receiving, you know, where like things aren't always balanced in, you know, you're bringing 50% and I'm bringing 50%, but there was a decision we all had here together. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Honey love, my honey (laughs) I'm sorry, guys. I do it every time. I brought my honey love with me to New York City. I would hope you did. (laughs) I would hope that honey love traveled with you. (laughs) Because, I mean, honestly, on the airplane, is there anything better than honey love? I mean, it just makes you feel, like, secure. You know?
1: Everything's... Where it's supposed to be.
0: There's nothing worse than a really uncomfortable bra and or really uncomfortable shapewear that gives you gas. You guys know what I'm talking about. (laughs) But that's why we love Honey Love. They revolutionized the bra and shapewear game. Yes. You don't have to have uncomfortable underwire, bulky fabrics that make you have to fart when you take it off. (laughs) I'm sorry. It's true, guys. I'm saying things that are true. It's just true. Honey Love's bras feel supportive. They like Eliminate the need for underwire because it's like all in the fabric. Right. And it doesn't sacrifice lift. Your boobs look so good and the fabric is very soft. It's also all very easy to put on. I
1: agree. Which is something that I've struggled with in the past. Yes. There's nothing worse than when you get all ready for an event and then you're like, I'll just hop into my shapewear and next thing you know, you've sweated out your hairdo and your makeup's running down your face because
0: it was impossible to get your shapewear on. I agree. (laughs) The shapewear is really a game changer for me. They have their best-selling superpower short. Yes. Guys, has the targeted compression technology that like gets you where you want it to support. And then it's like a little less compression in other areas. It's like feels great, but it's not like killing you they have the signature axe it targets and sculpts your little midsection doesn't squeeze your natural curves and it doesn't roll it does not roll up or down because it has flexible boning hidden in the side seams it's just as easy to put on as it is to take off and that is why we love it ladies you should give the gift of comfort this holiday season (laughs) honestly to yourself Give yourself the gift. Right. Maybe you're going to a holiday party. Maybe it's a big Thanksgiving dinner. Maybe you're going to a wedding, one of those weddings on like, you know, like a winter wedding. (laughs) Honey Love is the perfect plus one to your event. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, uh, for this month only, Honey Love is giving up to 50% off site wide. Whoa. That's a great sale. That's insane. Visit honeylove.com forward slash best 20 to shop their November sale and let them know that we sent you when the survey asks. So treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market. Save up to 50% site-wide at honeylove.com slash best 20 this month only. Inventory is limited. The sale ends soon. So don't miss their best deals of the year after you purchase. They're going to ask you where you heard about them. And I'm going to need you to say Us. Busy Phillips is doing her best. Please support our show. Tell them we sent you. It's time to ditch the underwear for good. Thanks to Honey Love. Oh, catch. Game changing. That's what people say about Kitsch. That's what I say about Kitsch. So many games
1: to be changed.
0: So many games to be changed, So
1: many areas
0: in which my game has been changed by Kitsch. I'm never without a Kitsch product on me, on my person. (laughs) You see me on the street, you come up to me, I'm going to give you a Kitsch scrunchie. I'm going to give you a hair clip. I'm going to pull out a a, a satin pillowcase out of my bag. (laughs) I'm not even kidding you, you guys. I love these products so much. They are literally almost always on my person. But listen- Whatever your budget, skin type, hair type, Kitsch believes you deserve little indulgences at an affordable price. We love it. I love Kitsch's satin pillowcases. I love the eye masks. They have got the hair caps. Great for your skin and your hair while you sleep. The heatless satin curling rollers. You know I love those. (laughs) Say goodbye to heat damage. They're amazing. But the latest viral craze are the rice water shampoo bars. Yes, Which can improve your overall hair growth and density. And people say they are never going to use bottle shampoo again and their hair feels and looks 1000% better in between washes. I'm telling you, it's great to travel with those things because they're bars. They're not liquid, so you can carry them on. Plus right now for a limited time, they have the Barbie by Kitsch collection, uh, which Birdie was so excited about. (laughs) And they got, Kitch's best-selling satin pillowcases in iconic Barbie pink. Incredible. Guys, right now Kitch is offering you 30% off your entire order at mykitch.com/best. That's right, 30% off anything and everything at mykitch.k i t c h.com/best. One more time, mykitch.com/best for 30% off your order. I mean and I think for me part of what has happened in the last several weeks like since the Israel Palestine thing thing situation war tragedy human rights whatever atrocity. atrocities yeah atrocity um has started with social media in particular is a lot of um like I just personally like I I I'm not a person that is able to like see a lot of the things that have people have been putting up that it's just not, I I can't, it's too much for me. Like I can't process it. You know, I don't know if many people can. I'm like confused a little bit. And and I think we, that's what I'm saying. I'm not, I'm not clear on, on what, how that.
2: Yeah. But you know what? Something that I, think about all the time, my friend Shadé, one of my best girlfriends who runs the National Black Theater in Harlem. um, We talked about this a lot um, in the last, you know, 15 years of being online when all of this, you know, violent um, death and slaying of Black lives would happen. And someone would be like, you have to watch this video of someone getting like murdered by the police. You have to watch this. You have to watch this. And we recalled how, you know, in the 1800s, There were lynching picnics and it was to desensitize you from caring about this body dying. And it would, there would be a true community gathering picnic and someone would be lynched in the center Uh so that a child could jump rope and have lunch and not know that when these bodies were being, you know, violated and slain in mass, it didn't matter. Right. And so the idea, you know, we always have to walk this fine line of like, well, what are we asking to see? Because what our brains will always do is become desensitized to a violence that occurs over and over and over again. Um, By the way, if we couldn't, we wouldn't have had slavery or the Holocaust or all these other horrible violations of life. There was something that we told the brain over and over and over again about you know, Jewish life or black life um, or that we say about any type of life right now that is, you know, dealing with this amount of violation and violence um, that it didn't matter. right? Right. So right. And part of that is the manipulation of visuals. And so perhaps for some reason, it is opening their eyes. I don't know, but I think there is this conversation to be had around, um, you know, is this constant flow desensitizing or is this constant flow opening or is this slow, is it traumatizing so that you're just actually trying to slam the door so it's more tightly shut than it was before? Yeah. I think it's, it's really hard to say what, you know, works for aid, for help, for things and what doesn't. Um, and it's really hard to say like what social media's place is in any of these movements, you know? I, I mean, because I think, you know, originally how Twitter, Instagram became useful in activism was because they were reporting on things you would have otherwise not been able to like know or see. Um, right. And right, so that way the media, the powers right. of B, could. Yeah. Right. Re- be forced to recognize them. And, um, you know, and I think that that has helped a lot in, in a, in a lot of different ways. But I, I wonder if now that social media is no longer on a timeline and it truly really are these like siloed algorithms, uh, mm. uh, which, you know, Twitter is not still, I think, I, I mean, I don't even know what Twitter is called anymore, but I think it is still just on a timeline as <laughs> like far as if you follow someone, it, it just comes out. But Instagram is not. So we do have to ask ourselves, like, are we swirling around in a, either like a shared opinion, um, and a shared visual? Like, I don't, I, I noticed that the most when I found that like, you know, if, um, someone who was like very well-known past, whether it was of old age or recently, like, you know, early, like an early loss, um, you'd open your Instagram and you just see their photo everywhere, like every single person posting. And you're just like, wow, is like, the whole world posting this one person's photo of like lost like of them passing like where you're entire but if you think about a um a newspaper like the obituary would just be one page right mm-hmm. you know and and it's beautiful to have these tributes and these stories and these things but like when RbG died it was just like Brrr. yeah and, right and, but that's to me when I realized like wow what are how, what makes Instagram useful now and I love it for that but it's like you know, ultimately, like, I wonder now, like, is Instagram useful for activism? I don't know. Like, is it more, is it perhaps, um, you know, more useful for like create creative expression? Um, I don't know. Like I, and, and again, doesn't mean it's not useful for any of those things, but I'm, I'm thinking of like, what makes it feel more purposeful as the landscape of it has radically changed over the past, you know, 10 years.
1: Well, I think what you were saying about the siloed algorithms is so interesting because I think it's a thing that people don't necessarily think about or they don't realize maybe they're thinking about. But like the purpose of the algorithm is to serve you up what
2: it thinks you want and to buy. (laughs) So ever since kind of shopping came into the space, because what I'll say about, you know, while like even the, I'm not on TikTok, but you know, it's, it's not totally marketplace centered in the ways that once Facebook bought Instagram, it is. So a lot of this is centered on what you buy and a lot of what it, when you boost something, it's to center something you're selling. So it just really has, you know, the second it stopped being a timeline centered right app. Right. Um, and I don't think it quite has the same, it's not mining for the same information as TikTok because TikTok wants all of your behavior because like right. that's what China, that's the, you know, kind of information that an app based in China would want to have. It's less concerned with like kind of just pure capitalism and making that money, if that makes sense. Like they're they want the data. No.
1: Yeah, it totally makes sense. It totally makes sense. and But I think that whatever it is, it's some kind of formula. And I think sometimes, I mean, I might sound like a paranoid conspiracy theorist, but I think sometimes (laughs) that formula is experimental in what's being shown to you versus what's being hidden away from you. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that anyone is still fully acknowledging that it is a formula where something is being intentionally shown to you while other things are being intentionally not shown to you. And so that affects people's
2: perceptions. And the best thing you could have is friends to connect with offline who wouldn't in a million years share your algorithm. Because like, I'll tell you right now, like my best friend, Stevie from New Orleans, like just does not, we, we truly could not have a difference in like, based on whether it's like who you follow or whatever, but it is so different that the amount of times, like, you know, I like have a conversation with her and she's like, who is that? So it's really great to ground you in that, like your algorithm is not the world by being in the world.
1: Right. Yes, Right. I agree. I agree. That's so smart.
0: Um. Okay. Wait, so let's talk about the book. The book just came out. Yes. Congratulations. 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 Thank you. A new book, baby. And I love that it's called Remember Love Words for Tender Times. Yeah. We are in
2: tender times. You know, I didn't like, you know, when I wrote it, I didn't consider that I was like speaking to like a collective tender times as much as like, you know, I really something I really wanted to do with Remember Love was allow people the space to return to themselves. I think when the world feels that it's in continuous catastrophe, we feel like I'm not allowed to think about the trouble I'm having with my daughter or the, you know, Mm -hmm. um, like my marriage or my best friend breakup or my this or my that because like my issue is like a three in comparison to the 10 that looms over this country or the world, right? And the problem with that is it's all important. And like, what do, who are we and how are we caring for ourselves if we don't judge our? if we are not in a space of judging our problems? So I really wanted to create something where we could release the judgment we had around whether we thought our problem was worthy or not, and instead love ourselves. Um, And so to me, the idea of being able to love yourself is just to be in relationship with yourself with the complete and utter absence of judgment for whatever it is. And just say like, I can send love there. Ugh, that's my biggest thing. Like,
0: <laughs> I mean, it's one of my, it's one of the hardest things like that anyone can do is to, I, you know, I, I hear it so frequently. I was just talking to a good friend of mine over the weekend who was in town and we were taking a walk and she, we were discussing how it's, it's so much easier to be generous to the people you love around you than it is to be to yourself. Like when you're, when you've, when you're going through a thing, when you've feel like you've regressed in some way or whatever's happening, um, it, that piece is so hard. Finding compassion, remembering compassion for yourself is so
2: tricky. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's because it's, for some reason, I, the, the needs of others just always feel louder than our own. Right. Um, and I think so many of us, myself included, struggle to wake up worthy. So we look for external things to tell us we're worthy through ways in which we can deliver or serve them, right? So mm-hmm. if you wake up in the morning and you're like, oh, like, you know, even if it's like, I went to the workout class and they told me I did a good job, like, oh, great there's like a worthiness point. Like, you know, can I get to worthiness by the end of the day? Like, oh, the teacher thought I was a good mom. Oh, my partner just said he couldn't get, couldn't have done it without me. Uh, oh, like the world hearted at this thing I did. You know, um, right. Oh, I... And so, so much of that is like we, you know, and, and the world tells us, because by the way, like that's how the world, you know, our original algorithms are, you know, magazine covers and um, billboards. So the right. world originally told us like, just get here and then you can have this. Mm-hmm. Um, and we forget that, you know, our kind of love of self and that worthiness is a birthright. And you guys know that from having, you know, kids, it's uh Like when you watch a child from, you know, zero to three or four, they just wake up loving themselves. They do not think anything is wrong with who they are. (laughs) Like they delight in themselves. They think everything I have a two and a three and a half year old and everything they do, they think is fabulous. And everything they do, they think they are worthy of and deserve. They have no shame in their tears. They have no shame in staring in the mirror, laughing at themselves or like, there's nothing they just don't believe there is. And they have felt that way since they could see their foot and like chew on it. And so, you know, when you witness that, you realize that everything in life is a return to that love you started with.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
2: And it's this kind of like shedding and letting go and rewiring of your brain to get to the original um, understanding that the love is there. Like the light is on.
0: I love that.
1: It is really good. It is really good. And then I'm thinking of, you know, based on so many conversations we've had today and that we've had in the past busy, I'm just thinking of people that, Aren't returning to that love themselves, and probably aren't also getting any of the external love, or feel like mm. they're not getting enough. And how they could probably use some extra generosity too. It's hard. It's hard to to get to the nugget of what a person needs. Like I feel like I'm always asking myself that, but it's it's hard to know, and it's
2: hard to not be presumptuous. I guess. It's also hard because it's it's difficult to if you if you move really quickly all the time, um it's hard to distinguish what is love and what's validation. So mm-hmm. are you feeding yourself validations? Therefore, are your relationships that you would call a loving relationship? a series of validations. And then at some point the validation well runs dry and, you know, the final validation just isn't validation enough or the person's burnt out validating you or vice versa. Right. Um, and, you know, as, as adults, we don't contemplate love because we don't have a culture of contemplation anyway. Right. So, you know, when bell hooks would say to us, like define love for yourself it's mostly because there's no shared definition of love. So if there's not just that there's this one idea that we all know how to do it, right? Like you all know that you can ride a bike without training wheels and what it looks like and what it, what it is. It's, it's, it's there just is what it is. Yeah. Love is really not like that. And so unless you really contemplate love and what it means and define it for yourself and study Mm -hmm. it as, as a part of studying and nurturing and giving to yourself, then you can't, understand when it's present. You can't understand when it's not. You can't understand when something is just demanding you call it love and it's not love. You can't understand when something is masquerading as love. You can't even tell the difference between like being obsessed with somebody and loving them or having like unbelievable codependence with somebody and not being love. Like Mm. it's really, you know, but it's actually because we, culturally don't give space to like, say, well, what is love? How does it function? How does like, is, does clarity exist within it? Does safety exist within it? Does community exist within it? That's
1: so interesting. You said a bunch of really important things right there. (laughs) If you're so good with putting a concise point on something, do you have like a short elevator pitch of what love is
2: to you? I really think that um, it's hard, you know, even if I did, I don't know that I would um, share it in a concise way because I also feel that like this idea that um, we've become this culture of hacking everything is also really unhelpful Right? because I don't think you can hack love and I don't think you can hack heartbreak when your heart is broken and you're in pieces, you need time and you need people who love you to be gentle with you as you put the pieces together. And that is the only things that will be helpful. And they are not answers. They are just helpful idea, helpful parts of the process. Right. And so I think, you know, what I would say is to consider all of the values of love as you define it. So for me, I know that I, um, a value I have in how I um, live in and with love and in my life is safety. I don't think love can be present if safety is not present. I don't think Mm. safety is possible without community. And so for me, a huge part of my work is around building community because in community, we find the safety that allows for love to flourish.
0: I totally agree. A hundred percent. And so
2: you could say like, what are your 10, right? I mean, and like bell hooks, she has a really good definition. She, she has basically like seven, her like seven pillars. And I actually put them in Remember Love because I thought they were really meaningful. Bell Hook defined love as a combination of care, commitment, knowledge, responsibility, respect, and trust. So mm. I I think that, you know, for each person, I guess my point is more to say like, what is your combination? right? You know, can you have the, you know, so for me, like, you know, Bell Hooks doesn't say safety, but I would probably put safety in the category of trust, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, because you're not going to trust fall if you don't feel safe. Right. Yeah. So I think that, I mean, I encourage everyone to do that for themselves because we all live in a spectrum of our own um, ability to go deep within our relationship of self and others because of our own trauma and backgrounds. And, you know, so I think that having this blanket idea, um, is it kind of a barrier for people um, because we just haven't all been through the same things or had the privileges of the same types of, you know, therapy and communities that have helped us become braver and braver with, you know, being vulnerable and right, connecting. Right.
1: Yeah. It's really interesting. Like when you say respect, like, I feel like a little icy ball in my stomach because I think that's one of the ones that I let slide a lot in mm. my relationships that I would like categorize as loving. And I tell myself a lot that it's because, well, I'm good with tough people, you know, and like people don't always you have to like earn their respect. You know, that's like how I was Mm. raised that. But I have spent lifetimes trying to earn respect from people that probably not only are not going to ever respect me, but like maybe don't even have the capability of respecting me or anyone. And it's probably because I don't know why. It's because of their own trauma, but me, it's like, like, their own thing. Yeah. Me waiting around for it and trying to earn a thing that's never
2: that's unearnable is that's from my own barriers. Well, and people are unkind as a social strategy. So you know you can also depersonalize a lot of the lack of respect mm. you might feel from someone because there, you know, there wouldn't be the concept of a bully if there wasn't social power to be found in and social control to be found in unkindness. Right. 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 And
1: one thing I have learned, which is like neither here nor there, but I'll throw it in because now I'm so old and I've been at this for so long is that like, if someone makes you earn respect forever and ever and they finally give it to you, like congrats, but they will also take it away just as quickly (laughs) as they gave it to you in that one whimsical moment, you know? So like, it's just, it's not even, I, I, as I am, in this stage of my life now, I didn't even realize that someone could just give you respect, like, from the jump. And that's, yeah. like, a wild idea, but it's true. And it's something that I wasn't even familiar with for a huge part of my life.
2: Yeah, we could also ask ourselves if, um, you know, what we are calling respect is, like, praise and admiration, True. Um, You know, because I think a lot of the times, like if you're just like, you know, working in a company and you're just like, the boss finally said you did a good job. You're like, they respect me now. And you're like, well, or they're like validating you through, you know, outward like praise or, and I think in that, that is something that people enjoy being able to take away or give to you because there's a lot of control, social control to be found in that too.
1: Um, and I think that the
2: idea that we kind of live in the world, you know, part of why we put our needs last is a way in which we don't respect ourselves. And so like, that's something we all work on in our own worthiness is being like, God, like, you know, is it, it's like, you know, our inner dialogue half the time. And we're just like, how could you, that wasn't enough. Like that is so fucking disrespectful. (laughs) Like we are so disrespectful to ourselves. Right. So actually like the idea that we work on the self-respect piece. And that doesn't, you know, we think that self-respect manifests in how you dominate a room. Like being like, oh, I didn't stand for that. I did but that's not, that's actually just dominating a room and like having like bravery in a moment to like speak whatever your current truth is. Mm-hmm. Self-respect and respect is such a like deep, fragile, divine, thread within us that we need to kind of like always be pulling at like where it's hiding and where it's not weaving in and so much of that respect is actually in worthiness like we just do not mm-hmm. like if we are like you know, busy with saying like it's so much easier to be generous with others like there's a part of us not respecting the space we take up in the world by not wanting to cultivate a generous a generous atmosphere or feeding mm-hmm. that space its required needs um, it's because they're fine. It's fine. That's that's good enough. Like that is a way of like where that divine, like respect is a divine needed part of a loving experience is not present.
0: Mm. Um, I love this. Cleo, I could talk to you forever. Um, we like to ask our guests um about a pivot in their lives, like a time when they thought one thing was going to happen career wise or relationally or whatever. And then something else ended up happening. Um, and how that impacted them for better or worse or indifferent, I guess. Anyway, richer, poorer. (laughs) ah. Um, do you have any, I feel like you have a lot of pivots, but I do have anything that comes to mind.
2: Um, Um, Of a time, you know, something I wrote about in remember love, it's like the very last pages of the book. It says, um, that the problem is often part of the process we didn't know we needed. And in that I tell this story about, you know, being at the end of, um, you know, I guess maybe not the end of a breakup, but I'd say that most breakups, even after the day you're like, we are broken up. It still takes like six months to like detach, eight months to like fully detach from like the texting or the made up reasons you're texting, but you got to text them or the, you know, all those things of like, or the lingering thoughts in your head of like, was it the right decision? Mm -hmm. Was it not? Um, And I'd um, gone to LA and I was Truly, like hosting something for uh, with along with a group of people for my ex boyfriend, and it happened to be at Simon Kinberg's house, of whom I now have two kids with. And he, <laughs> when I tell you, like I'm sitting there being like, oh, I'm just like, I, I even in my head, I was like, being like, oh, my relationship that was like had, you know, I could have been living in the failure of the relationship, right? Um, because it just it was a lot of effort from both. Pete, both of us and it failed, right? It didn't. And it too, you know, could have been looked at as it failed and we broke up and we parted ways. And I was still kind of like, oh, like, gosh, like these breakups and I'm walking around the corner and Simon walks down and literally pushes me over cause he didn't see me and, um, <laughs> like truly like knocked me over. Um, and he had sent me a message the next day. And then, you know, five years later, we have two kids and live together. So it was like, I could have looked at that as like my breakup period where I was like, I just need this. And I just need this. And I can't think about a relationship or da 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 because I'm in this, you know, period of Mm -hmm. being in a, in a breakup, you know? Yeah. Yeah. They last for so long, you know? I mean, breakups last for, you know, someone was at my house the other day and was like, you know, they'd maybe like, I don't know, something had happened where it just made her get very emotional about her ex-boyfriend. And she's just like, I just am so mad at myself. I'm still crying about this. And, and I was and, and I was like, how long has it been again? And she's just like, like a year and a half. And I was like, that's nothing. Like it just, these like fractures are deep yeah. and depending on like how it ends or how long you were together, they are really deep wounds. And like the judgment about how long we think the wound should take to heal often keeps us in the wound way longer. That's you know? So true. <gasps> That's so that true. That's so true. That's so
1: true. And crying is the thing that like I will always defend crying because it is too, involuntary. Obviously. You know, yeah. like up no one wants to cry. We have to, but no one wants to cry in if, if you're crying about something, you're Feeling it. There's no other more evidence, regardless of how anyone else feels about your crying. Like you're in that moment.
2: And it's needed. There's not a living thing that doesn't have a like deep ancestral, quite serious relationship with water. Like your whole body is 80% water. Like (laughs) the earth, like. The only ways in which your street would have been cleaned for thousands of years is because of the rain. Like we need these things to detoxify even the earth we live in. So like, why wouldn't we respect our body's natural experience of releasing water, you know? Yeah. And, and, and there's this poem in the book that says that, um, you know, that it's something like, you know, the tears they shed and shed, it is a gift. It is a gift to release what I can no longer hold. Do you know? Like it is yes. a gift to be have these pathways, these many, many pathways for your body to release what you can no longer hold. Give it away. Stop holding on to everything. Give it the fuck away. <laughs> <laughs> Truly, I
0: believe. I believe it. You can't hold on to. We can't hold on to everything. We're not meant to. No, we're meant to. Like- I've been reminding myself in the last two weeks to breathe, like take deep breaths and like exhale audibly because I feel like I have been noticing more and more myself holding, holding. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, all right, girl, I get it. I get it. But you got to let it go. Well, I'm just, your book is so great. Remember, love. It's beautiful. Um, it's beautiful, you, you know. Guy. My best friend, who passed away in August, had mm-hmm. sent me "Heart Talk"
1: oh years
0: ago um, when I was going through like a really intense relational relationship stuff with my with my ex husband, and um, and I knew you like through social oh, yeah. circles and and activism, activism and and and. Baby to baby, like work stuff. I mean, just like other stuff. Um, but I remember when she sent me Heart Talk and I, it really, it really helped me. It really, your words really helped me.
2: Oh my God. Thank you.
0: I'm and so sorry I'm grateful for your that
2: loss. it's still so thank fresh. You. I'm sorry.
0: It's so fresh. I know. I know. But you know, yeah. <laughs> so was, yeah. But this is, I'm, but part of the reason why I'm even bringing up my, sweet Kate is because I feel like <laughs> I'm going to be honest, this book couldn't have come at a better time. Oh <laughs> This new one.
2: <laughs> um, so thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. This was such a delight. So appreciate your time. And I love the premise of your pod so much. And also like, you know, because you get now that podcasting is really the center of storytelling, you know, you do so many podcasts Um when you're releasing a book or bringing something into the world, as you know. And it was really amazing to have the blurb you wrote about the origin of the podcast. Um, So I want to thank you guys because it really did make it stand out as far as like, you know, the space you're holding and it felt really intentionalized. Um, And that's not every podcast. So thank you.
1: What a nice thing to say. Thank you so much. It was so nice to see you again. And um, just everybody, if you follow cleo on instagram already i think i bet i'm betting everyone I'm, listening to this already follows you I'm but sure. in case you're not that's a fun follow to try to add to your algorithm a great that we follow <laughs> all about.
0: to your
2: toxic toxic algorithm
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> see where it shows up see how it shows up we don't know <laughs> um yeah and remember love is out now so you guys go get it do you read your own audiobooks i do yeah.
2: Oh, good. Oh, I, I, I assumed you did. A lot I'm, of people are fucking into audio books these days. Yes, they are. And they, but you know, it does, the cool thing about an audio book is like, especially if you're someone who walks for peace of mind, it's a really nice way to like, you know, I mean, like you can just, I don't know, listen to like a Joan Didion book on a walk in your Canyon and it's like, or you could just listen to it, Mary Oliver as you go. And mm-hmm. I think we all get into that point where we get a little fatigued with like our playlist even, and like mm-hmm. what we're listening to and what would actually be soothing. And so it's really cool. Like, and that's why podcasts are also so great, but I think adding, you know, that book you've been wanting to read forever to something that you're also just like doing to get blue space or whatever they call it is um is yeah. really cool. I love that. All
0: right, Cleo. All right. Well have a wonderful rest of your day. Bye, love y'all. To Thank family. you. Bye. All right. Thank Bye. you. Athletic Greens. <laughs> you know I have to do it, you guys. <laughs> AG1, we love you so much. We just love you, AG1. You might know a little bit about AG1 They've because been... we've been talking about them for almost four years.
1: Yeah. Since they're like day, since day one. one, since day, day they one. are day
0: one, ride or dies.
1: And one of the reasons I'm so happy that we're still together is because I just love the product
0: so much. Well, that's right. And we drink it almost every single day. You drink it daily. Every day, my whole family. Well, that's because AG1 is a foundational nutritional supplement that supports your body's universal needs. And it's like also kind of just delicious. It's
1: delicious and it's so easy. The only thing that is keeping me healthy
0: are healthy habits that are also easy. Easy and... I mean, I'm just gonna be real, all-inclusive. Yeah. I need something that's all-inclusive. I can't be opening a
1: thousand bottles. I'll just, I'll quit after, I'll start with the best intentions, but then I'll stop after two days. And so the fact that AG1 is something that I can just easily incorporate into my routine, mix up a little drink and go, that's what is, that's what won my heart. That's what won the day. I mean,
0: I feel like it gives all of the things that you need it to give. Yes. I know. I do love to drink my AG1. I'm kind of just obsessed. And it replaced like taking a multivitamin, which I just was never good at anyway, because I would just always forget. Yeah. You know? Guys, AG1 is the supplement we trust to provide the support our bodies need daily. And that's why they've been a partner for us for so long. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com busy. That's drinkag1.com busy. Check it out. I have my Thrive mascara on right now. It looks so good. Thank I, you. I always do. I just I curl those lashes and put the <laughs> mascara on and people are like, "What happened? You look amazing." People really always mention every time the mascara. Every time every time I post an Instagram story yeah. where I'm wearing my Thrive Cosmetics Liquid Lash Extensions mascara. Yeah. I get about 1000 DMs <laughs> that are like, what mascara, what mascara are you using? 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 Listen, yes. guys, I, I mean, if you don't listen to the ads on this podcast, I don't know what you're doing with We're your We're not gatekeeping. Not We're... gatekeeping. The answer is clear. <laughs> the answer is clear. And it's, it's there for anyone who's interested. Yes. It is Thrive Cosmetics, liquid lash extensions, mascara, no clumping, smudging, flaking. It lasts all day. It looks like I have lash extensions. It's this incredible tubing formula. I previously in my life have not been a fan of other competitor brands of tubing mascaras (laughs) that will not be mentioned, but this is a different one. I tried it and thank God I did. I was a naysayer. I'm not even going to lie. I was like, I don't even need to try it. I don't like tubing mascaras. I put this one on and it changed my life and my (sighs) lashes. But there's also like the Brilliant Eye Brightener, which I love. It's like a highlighter stick. You put it on your eyes. I do it on my like upper cheekbone. It's like a great eyeshadow. Yes. You uh, multiple uses. It's kind of foolproof, I do have to say. And I also love the new impactful semi-permanent smoothing lipstick. Also incredible. No bleeding. No one wants that. That's like, that's the worst. That's the worst. When you see a lady and she's got that, like, those lines. No.
1: I like the lipstick because it has, like, a nice feel. I think that's, like, really important to me. Well, it's because it has
0: botanical oils and vitamin E. Yeah. Always comfortable. Love it. Guys, there are so many things we love about Thrive Cosmetics. But you got to try it for yourself. (laughs) You gotta try it for yourself. We know. You've probably been hearing us talk about it and you're like, should I try it? Should I try this it? Is the, this is the word. This is it. This is the time. This is the time. This is when you're gonna do it. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at Thrivecosmetics.com slash best. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash best for 20% off your first order. Cleo is so great. She is. I just find her delightful. Me too. Oh my goodness. Case. (laughs) (laughs) If only one thing could be easy. Is that what I'm going to say? <gasps> All right. So I've been trying to date, you know.
1: Yes. How's right. it going? That's right. a new, unique experience for you.
0: Unique New York. <laughs> unique New York. Uh, yeah, it's okay. I mean, like, I wasn't like last week was tough because Birdie was here. So I wasn't really like going out with anyone last week because, right. um, yeah, happy. Be. But I don't know this one guy kind of is nice interesting it's interesting we kind of made out <laughs> but he had to leave town for work anyway so he's coming back I don't know sometime next this weekend I think Um and he wants to go out again and then I like had coffee with a guy coffee date kind of kind of date I don't yeah. know yeah that was not really a date that was more just like we got coffee that was nice yeah he also had to leave town <laughs> <laughs> Guys they're flying away from me as soon as I meet them They're all just as leaving as, town As soon as I meet them they're like actually so weird I'm leaving town for the next three weeks The next four <laughs> months I'm going to be gone But good, good luck to you No I'm kidding uh, But I think we might hang out when he gets back I don't know that might happen Okay Um, I I Like rejoined that app I think I told you this Yeah Because, you know, I had like, you know, I'd like gone out with that guy and I liked him. Did I talk about this at all? No.
1: Uh, I don't know if you talked about it on the podcast
0: or if you just talked about it in person. I think I just talked about it in person. But the truth is I had been set up with this guy who I thought I really like was into. I like really liked him. I thought he was like, it was like. And I'm not at the, you know, in that, like, I'm not dating. I, never in my life have I dated more than one person at the same time. Like, what right. the fuck? I don't know what that is. You have to watch the Mary Tyler Moore show. I don't want to. Just watch it. It's going to,
1: it's going to clue you into like dating. No, no, no. Of I'm a li- bygone era.
0: Listen, I look, I'm, it's fine. <laughs> I'm, I'm having realizations. Here's the thing that I think is true. I think that you can't, you don't, you know, you, you don't know until you know. Right. And, uh, and so that guy that I had been set up with, like, was, had been dating, like, other people as well. And I sort of was like, not, I wasn't going out with anyone else, you know? Right. And... These sirens, I swear to God.
1: <laughs> it's a lot.
0: <sighs>
1: I hope everyone's okay. It sounds like a multiple siren situation. It always does, though. I'm just going to say it.
0: Yeah. Anyway, that guy, but like, it felt like, I don't know. I, I, whatever. I don't think I'm wrong. I think he really liked me. I think he'd been dating this other girl a little bit longer. I mean, he had been. I mean, yeah. he definitely had been. Anyway, they decided she, they wanted to be exclusive. Right. So he was like, sorry, bye. And I was like, and he was like, can we be friends? So I was like, I mean, not can really. I <laughs> don't, does that, I don't, I don't know. I don't, Like that seems. I have questions. Oh, don't you and me both.
1: Here are my questions. Okay. So like on the upside, I guess you helped these two people figure out that they wanted to be well, exclusive, mm-hmm. which is like, I mean,
0: congratulations. What did Congratulations did, to me. What did for you. For being get? the fucking one. Then tipped it over into like, yeah, no, fuck this. But
1: then my questions are like, is it like, was he honest with her saying like, I am seeing this other woman. And then did she say like, I'm curious about the details. I want to know. I'm too nosy. <sighs> I to, am too. To ever have this happen to me. Should we call me. him? Yeah, let's call Should we call him up? Should I be text like, him real fast? Did she know that you were dating other people? Were you honest about it? And then
0: when you said it's I'm so, dating I don't this wanna, other. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. In great detail on this podcast, yeah. because I just, I just, am no, I'm not interested right. in doing that right now, this moment. Yeah. However, I will say it was, it was, it was a, confu- it was confusing. Yeah. It was like a confusing situation. And my gut, if I'm going to be honest, and yeah. my gut is like, maybe never wrong. <laughs> Except in this case, it was totally wrong. Okay. About this guy. Cause I really was like, Oh, he's going to be my boyfriend. Yeah. Um, my gut is that he was like kind of in love with this woman and yeah. she didn't want to commit to him. That okay. was my, that was my gut. Gotcha. And then I think he did. And then, so, and then I think he did kind of like me. I think yeah. he did kind of like, I think he was kind of into me. Yeah. And then I think maybe that was, yeah, maybe he told her, I don't fucking know who cares. Honestly. I mean, I care, but, ugh, but I don't know. But also we just don't know. I just don't know. Or maybe he sucks. Maybe he just is a person that sucks. I don't fucking know. You
1: know what the problem with relationships is? You have to have them with someone else. You know, and you yeah. just you can only know what you know about yourself and like your your gut and your feeling, it, but then everything else is like a fucking
0: mystery, and you have to really trust the other person That's that why they're. Sophie and Stevens wrote that song, "Mystery of Love." <laughs> it's true, but I also have to say, like I talked to my therapist about it. You know, like I think that. I, I don't think I'm going to be like, as like, I was like trying to, I was trying to like be cool so that he, you know, I like really liked him. So I was like, I wasn't like, I was just trying to be cool. And like, I don't know, maybe I should have been less cool. Maybe I should have been more like who I am, which is not fucking cool. And then like (laughs) immediately like, Hey, here's the fucking deal. Right. What is happening in your life? Tell me. Right. I felt like I, I mean, TBH, I had asked questions that had led me to believe that he wasn't really seeing anyone else. Okay. But then maybe it was just that the person was out of town. Truly. I'm not even kidding. Okay. And the person came back into town. Okay. I mean, you can't, you can never know. Or, and- or he's a liar. But, the but... It wasn't like a, it wasn't like I just blind, it wasn't a, you know, it was like a person that was like vetted through right, people. Right. 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 Yeah. So like, that's why I didn't, I don't know. Right. Is this guys, uh, is this relatable content? You guys to hear that?
1: <laughs> I bet it is.
0: I bet it is. To people that are dating. I mean, listen,
1: <gasps> all of my single friends, their stories of like trying to wade into this and this arena, especially with the apps and like make sense of it. It's a big job. It's a big job.
0: Well, I feel a little bit now like more empowered than I did before, I would say. Yeah. In terms of like, even just with the dates that I've been on since, like, yeah. it's just like, I don't know. I feel, more, I feel more empowered to be like more myself and also be really straightforward. I am like, I'm a very straightforward fucking person, you know? Right. And, you know, I'm gonna, I think I just, uh, I'm gonna ask questions I want to ask if I'm like, if I feel like it. Yeah. You know, I, because here's the thing,
1: like if the person's a good guy, they're never gonna be offended by that. No, I
0: asked the guy that I'm like, is in LA for work. I was like, how many riot dates are you going on while you're there? Yeah. You know, like, I was like, I just, I'm curious. I just want to know. Like, I'm not, I'm like, I have no, I'm not, I have no skin in the game. We just met, but like, I'm just curious. I want to know.
1: Busy. I love this so much. A friend of ours who I won't name met a guy on one of these dating apps or whatever. And he offered to show her his driver's license, which I was like, You know what? It seems kind of wild, but that's like a good guy. Who's, oh, I know like, who that was. Who wants you to know that he is who he's saying he is so that like, unless it's like some weird ploy and it was a fake driver's license or whatever, but she's, she's still here, you know? So thank God, thank God. But I don't know. I mean, how? We just don't know. We don't know. It's you a don't whole know. new world that we're that we're living in, and and like being single on top of it, and trying to like figure out and get to know so quickly what makes someone tick is like it's very scary.
0: Yeah, and I think like here's the thing: I've never, literally, have never dated. I've never dated. Right. Period. There was like one year in between. The boyfriend that I went out with before Mark and Mark, one year. Right. In which I dated one guy, the guy who died. Right. Then, you know, you guys remember that story? Did I tell you that story? I did. Yeah. Last year when it happened, like when I found out from that person. Okay. So that guy I dated, then I kind of like sort of tried to date another guy and then just ended up being friends with him. Also a, th- a theme in my life. Yeah. I do that. I do that a fair amount. So maybe it wasn't out of left field for this guy to be like, hey, can we be friends? Because like, I mean, I have historically speaking collected those people. Right. This was different though. I th- That was like a situation where that guy back then all the way, years and years and years and years and years, and years ago, where it was, like, just very clear we were supposed to be friends. And for a second, we just got confused because we were, like, 25.
1: Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. It happens.
0: It happens. And it was, like, a very quick... It was very quick. Yeah. We never had sex. Yeah. Also important. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sort of, in a way. To, like, when you... Anyway. All of this to say... And apps didn't exist. I mean, they did... They. Dating a few dating sites existed back then, but like apps did not for sure, certainly, obviously did not exist. Right, and most people weren't on dating sites who were like in their mid twenties, early twenties.
1: Right. It. I mean, I remember like it was very like divorcees is mostly who I felt like was was on the apps when they first started happening.
0: Yeah, or like people who were like getting up there and like wanted yeah. to get married, and wanted or whatever. to settle down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, all of that to say, it's a whole, it's like, I'm Jasmine on a fucking flying carpet by myself though. (laughs) There's no Aladdin. Although with my luck, it would be like a thief. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm well, a shirtless thief.
1: (laughs) I worry about that for you too, without getting like too specific. But I just think that, you know, sometimes, sometimes I think, Well, anyone does, but sometimes I think you especially are open-hearted to people that I might see like a red flag from. And then I feel like a bad friend
0: for being like, okay, be careful. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that makes sense. It's not, I don't, it's not you saying it with, I mean, please, my track record's not great. (laughs) (laughs) It's not bad. It's just that because I. It's not
1: great. (laughs) I'm just saying, like, I always want... And I'm
0: not talking about Mark, you guys. No, like, no. that is not what obviously. we're talking about. Like,
1: Mark is a net positive in
0: Obvious, your life, obviously. 100%, not to mention, like, incredibly successful relationship, marriage, and se- separation, divorce, yeah, whatever, and that's, co-parenting. That's like we a we're, success. It is a success. We're in a place that's so successful now, and also a place that I don't think like a level of intimacy and understanding in raising our kids together and like life that I don't think would have been possible if we had stayed together. I'm not kidding. Right, right. So that's that, you know? Yeah. That's what that is. Um, But yeah, I just always want anyone I care about or even people that
1: (sighs) I don't, you know, that I don't know particularly. I just want people to be careful because I think that people... Well, again, like we were talking about, we're viewing all this stuff through like these new lenses that we don't have a ton of experience with yeah, and like no history to, because it didn't exist in like the eighties and nineties, like you were saying. And I also think that people are really savvy and some people are really good at like manipulating the situation to make themselves seem, however, like I think people know about painting a picture in a way that like, it just didn't exist before, but people are really good at like packaging and marketing themselves as something. And sometimes people do that. And it's like, I just don't, you know, I don't want anyone to, to get hurt by someone that has like a different agenda than what you're going into this for. Well, only time will tell. But I'm glad you're dating, and I mean, I look at it like, like career stuff too. Like if people are gonna be dating, ha- have have as many irons in the fire as you can fit. You I'm know? not
0: a person who's who's ironing, who puts the irons in the fire. You know what I mean? For yeah. in terms of uh, in terms of dating, yeah, that feels complicated to me. Yeah, but. That being said, I'm looking at this piece as like a little bit of an exercise for myself. Yeah. I am aware and have done a lot of therapy and looking at the ways in which my own patterns in relationships have not served me. Right. Right. Very recently, in fact, you know, like the last person I was in a relationship with was like not, it wasn't, there were things that were great. And then there were a bunch of other things that were essentially just repeating patterns that are not healthy for me. And so that I like had sort of naively thought like I had... Had done, I'd I'd fixed, I'd done it, you know? And so I think like looking at this right now as an opportunity for me, like dating, I mean, dating or trying to date or talking to different people, going out and like meeting different people, having a drink or coffee or whatever is, I think it's like, I'm looking at it really, truly as like a helpful sort of exercise for me to see if I can, like, identify the things that, like, then turn into what is just a repeating pattern. Right. Or if it is a thing that, like, feels wholly different and what I feel towards that. Right. Because the truth of the matter is I was super into this guy and it's the first, like since my ex-boyfriend, I like, ha, I have, you know, guys, I have gone out with people. I've sure, gone out on yeah. some dates in the last year, but it's, nothing's been anything right. that I, <laughs> nothing has been anything. <laughs> right, right. Like at all, really. Um, but, you know, I like really felt I like had this real feeling about this guy, even though it was like really short amount of time that we were seeing each other. But then I kind of have to look at that too. Like, did I have that feeling towards him because on some level I was aware that he was in love with someone else? Probably. I mean, by the way, I'm saying he was in love with someone. I don't know for a fact that he was in You're love just with someone. Else. Guessing. But like, but he was but regardless, right? Whether or not he was in he's in love with this person, like he literally was in it enough with someone else that then he de- they decided to be just each
1: other. Right. But also he wasn't in it enough to go out with someone else. That's the question that I had when you said, I don't really want to speculate on it. But my question is always like, and no one owes you an explanation really, I guess, of like their relationship with another person. But I always just wonder when's the turning point when you decide, that's why I was like, I guess congratulations to you for being like the lever that finally pushed them into this place. That's where not, they- it's not, it doesn't feel great. No, I know. But that's, you know, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's hard to be that person. You know what I mean? Like, it's not great for you. And you just kind of wish that they would have come to that conclusion on their own without, like, bringing you into it and, like, making you feel hopeful or
0: making you feel whatever. Yeah. It was like, I mean, to be honest, I know. Yeah, it sucked. It, like, fucking sucked. And, well... But I'm just saying like for my own part in it, right? Yeah. Like is there a part of me that well, and also I just want to say then this was all before the eclipse thing happened, you know the right. last eclipse and right. the new moon and everything. And um and so the thing that I like really just dis- like I'm really I really have left behind. I have really left behind. Like, any kind of narrative that I've ever held about, like, oh, I only love men who aren't, like, fully available to me in whatever way. Right. You know? Like, that's just fucking bullshit. That's not true. Right. And there are plenty of men who are fully available and also would want me. (laughs) You know? I think that's I think that that guy was the last one. Okay. I think he's the last one. Yeah. I've decided that. He was the last one. He was the last one of the of, of his type. Not actually available, making me think he was. But if I'm honest with myself, I kind of knew he wasn't.
1: Okay. Well, I guess then he did you a favor unintentionally.
0: He did do me a favor by whatever. You know, cuz he got you to a place where you're like, I don't want to I don't wanna I'm not going to fuck with that. Do this again. Yeah. It's just like yeah. It's not for her. It's not for her. Also, for so many reasons, but also, like, I'm the fucking best. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, I mean, sorry to that, man. I mean. You're also, you're grown up. I'm a grown
1: up. And, like, we're not, no. we're not doing this anymore. We're no. not. Well, I'm glad that you're dating. And I have never in my life. So I, I am in no position to give this advice. And yet I feel compelled to do it just based on my experiences with other things. AKA looking for a house, which I think is just if you're dating multiple people, I'm comparing it to looking at multiple houses at Mm -hmm. a time. It's possible to conflate the houses that you've looked at when you're looking at a lot of houses. I don't know what that means. And so sometimes you'll be like, oh, yeah, that one had an ensuite bathroom. And then you like put in an offer on the house and you go all in and then you like actually go to see it. And it does not have an ensuite bathroom. Do you know what I mean? Like when you're looking at a lot of houses, sometimes you confuse the houses. So I'm just saying, if you're looking at a lot of guys and dating a lot of guys, just keep your notes straight on who's who and don't like tell yourself like, oh, this guy's this, this, that, and that. And then it turns out he's not that at all. Because I bet the same thing could happen with guys that happens with houses.
0: On dating apps for sure. (laughs) I bet. Yeah, for sure. I bet. Yeah, for sure. Is that what you think you're doing your best at? Or is there something separate? I mean, I feel like this is so funny. Yeah. I feel like I'm like, I'm like really doing it. I'm really putting myself out there, really putting myself out there. (laughs) And I'm like, and I've like let go of a bunch of preconceived ideas I had about myself. Yeah. Um, one of which I like was a struggle for me in the last few months. I don't know if I like kind of talked about this, but I think, I think I did, which is like where I was like, who's going to want to like, what guy's going to want to co- go out with me? Like, I like I already, like I'm <laughs> like, literally I'm like, I'm too old. Like I, right. you know, like I don't, I'm not going to have kids. Like, Probably not going to have kids anymore. Right. Although, guys, I don't know. Hillary Swank, never say never. <laughs> I, I don't know, but like, probably not. You know what I mean? But like, I was like feeling, I was internalizing a lot of stuff that's like, just like I don't need to even hold that shit. Like, yeah, who wouldn't want to go out with me? No, I'm kidding. Yeah. But like, somebody will, and and yeah, right. Like, it will be. I'm sure for some guys, like they they probably do want like. Maybe they don't want a woman who has been who's divorced and like like my my whole thing, like this is what I was like I was like crying to a friend about like a month ago. And even after this guy like unceremoniously dumped me. Um <laughs> I like like I was sort of like, of course he did. Like, of course, like I'm sure whoever else he's dating isn't divorced in with like complicated like relationships and kids, and uh, like a huge, like a lot going on, always in every way, shape, and form. Like I would pick someone else too. Like that's what I said at yeah. the time. Yeah, um, I would pick someone else too. Like I, I get it. Like it's, I'm a lot. I'm a lot. I'm too much. I'm too much. And then I was just like, I heard myself saying it, and I was like, that's just fucking bullshit. And you're not too much. Like I'm not. I never have been too much. I am just fucking me. And there are people that love me. And then there are people that fucking hate me online, in the world, (laughs) in real life, I'm sure. And that's just what being a fucking person is. And like speaking in absolutes is stupid and doesn't do anyone any favors. And it certainly is not good for your own, my own mental health and well-being and self-esteem to just be like oh, well, yeah, I mean, I guess it's over because I'm just too much and I just have too much and it's just too much. Like, no, it wasn't right for your ex-boyfriend. It wasn't right maybe for this guy or this guy was like already in love with someone else and then whatever, it's fine. Um, Or wasn't even in love with someone else, just liked someone else more. I don't, whatever.
1: You don't know. You can't know. know.
0: We can't know, guys. We can't know. Um, But the point being there are lots of people that love my muchness and including myself. Like I love, I love the muchness of my life. And when I'm being really, really truthful and honest with myself, yes, I do wish a few things could just be a little easier. However, I really do love the like muchness, fullness, richness bigness of the life that I like have built and continue to build. And so I feel really like some bro would be really lucky to like be a part of it. So that's now how I'm moving through this moment. Yeah, I
1: think, I think you got it. I think, I think you're in, A good place, like feeling like that, because here's the thing, you're gonna find someone who likes it. You know what I mean? Who isn't asking you to change anything about yourself and who only makes your life easier and who you want to make their life easier too and nicer, Like we were talking about friction, you know, if there's any of that friction, like right from the beginning where you're feeling like you can't be yourself, you have to hide certain parts of yourself or you don't want to burden that person with who you are. And like also like you were wishing that they weren't being their full selves, then, you know, then flag on the play, right? It's Maybe it's not right. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't have to work. Like obviously two people that like each other, it's work. Like you have to work it out, like who you're going to be accommodating to, right? Because everything's not always fair and equitable. Everything's not always like 50-50 down the line and you're 50% supportive and 50% supported. It's not how it works in real life. Like sometimes you have to be almost 100% supportive to a person. Yeah, And then there are times, when they need to be 100% supportive of you. It can't always be one way or the other. It can't always be one person's always 100% supporting
0: someone else. Well, I think that's super important. And it's like interesting because it's something that in my friendships, I've always been able to hold. And honestly, I was like so proud of Birdie in just how she handled being home and having her friends, specifically like her closest friend, kind of be a little weird to her about it, about her being back and inviting her places or whatever, which is that like anytime anyone has ever said to me and the people, you guys DM me sometimes about friendships, like adult friendships and whatever, I really fundamentally understand and maintain. And a lot of it had to do with my friendship with Kate really early on, which I talked about on this podcast, but because she showed it to me, and Emily BB as well, that there are months, years, times in friendships with people where one friend honestly is going through a thing and might be a shitty friend. Maybe right. they're not interested in your experience. Maybe they're not asking questions. Maybe they're totally self-absorbed about some fucking guy or situation in their own life, or maybe they're taking things out on you in a weird way. And I'm not saying like you subject yourself to like abuse by your friends, but I'm saying that there are, there are seasons when it's like one friend is the one that needs a hundred percent of the attention and time and then it flips, it flips. And those friends will remember that you were there for them (laughs) in that moment and they will be able to show up and be there for you in your moment. Right. And that is a thing that like, for whatever reason, in my friendships with women have al- has always made so much sense and has worked. And in my romantic relationships with men, it's been much trickier to negotiate and navigate. But I think that that's, I think that's right. All right. What are you doing your best at then? <laughs> um... I
1: think I'm doing my best at not having any expectations for anything other than myself. It's kind of the theme of everything we've been talking about this week and I think the past few weeks, which is just that, you know, it's easy to invent a story in your mind about how things are supposed to happen and how they're going to happen And it's easy to just let this whole narrative unfold when the truth is you can only know your own mind and you can only go on the information you've been given by other people. And you hope that that information is given in good faith. You hope that that information is honest. You hope that that information is reliable and that you can count on it to be true. But you just can't. And I'm not saying not to trust anyone. I'm just saying if I'm not inventing this whole narrative and making this whole plan of what's going to happen in the future, whether it's good or bad then it really is helpful to, like, manage my expectations and to help me decide what's the next thing I need to do. I guess it's, like, cliche and so corny to say, like, I'm living in the moment, but
0: it's... It's all we're, like, supposed to be doing.
1: Yeah, you know... It's
0: so fucking hard.
1: What can I do today? What do I have in you know, within my resources, within my abilities to do today about my own life and about everything in the world. So, you know, just like I was so grateful this week and, you know, without telling someone else's story, like a friend of mine, her family was, is going through something. They're in, in the midst of a loss. Mm -hmm. And I just really felt like I couldn't, do anything to make that like you can't make the pain of that any Mm -mm. better Mm -mm. you know and she just mentioned Mm. that she had to wake up early to try to like pull together some food for her family you know and it's not the biggest thing in the world and I don't feel like some fucking hero but I was like let me take that one thing off your plate let me just do that let me get some food to you so that it's one less thing that you Uh, have to
0: by the way Casey, so you just reminded me. You know, I follow um, Temple Ikar. Yes, yes. Did you see that on um, Temple Ekar's Instagram yesterday? Was the service from one of the rabbis? It's not Rabbi Browse, who was on our podcast yes. like a year ago. Right. right. It's from. It's the other rabbi, and she's talking about this of course like what's happening in the world and the enormity and blah 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 blah. i'm not blah 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 blah. you don't understand guys i'm just saying she was she was talking about the enormity of what's happening the grief that people are feeling the um hopelessness and then on top of it you have all of the things happening in your own personal lives you've got loss and grief and uh uh, you know guys breaking up with you to exclusively date women you didn't know existed and um <laughs> right right whatever to personalize you know it. what i mean yeah. whatever and uh and then also your kid coming back and like you know all of these all of these things all of these things all of these things and that and that the thing that that she returns to is it's the small acts. It's the small acts. It's cooking. It's ba- get out your cookie sheet. It's like baking cookies for a neighbor. It's helping someone at the grocery store. It's volunteering at a food bank. It's cleaning out your winter coats and donating them to a local shelter or, you know, a women's, uh, like a women's shelter. Um, it's like donating your time or but or, or just the sm- like the small acts of returning to yourself and how you are of service to your immediate community and your friends and your family. Yeah. and inviting people over for dinner, um, like asking people if they want to meet out for a drink, asking someone if they want to read a book with you and do a book club discussion, even if it's just like the two of you, someone that you know might be having a tough time with the current world or their own world. Right. Because the two things are really coinciding in this moment in time. Um, But that really reminded me of that because I think that's like, That's exactly right. I always think, I think so much about this story.
1: We had Rosie O'Donnell, my old boss, and I just love her, a hero in so many ways. We had her on the podcast early on and she told us this story about when she was little and her mom died and her brother, I believe it was her brother, won a radio contest to receive a record album. And the whole family went to this radio station to collect this one little record album, which is nothing to a radio station. And it made such an impression on little Rosie, who is in the middle of like this just intense grief that like just that simple thing, like really turned her whole family's day around. Now, did it change the circumstances of their situation? Not at all. Not at all. It it would be impossible. But just like that small kindness that a little local radio station did as like a promotional thing, they could have no idea the impact that it had on this family full of grieving kids that they like gave them this moment. So simply, and I think about it all the time. I think it really informed her entire ethos like not just as a performer and and like an iconic performer who reinvented the form of daytime television in my opinion none of it and a lot of late night wouldn't exist without her in my opinion but just who she is and has like stayed as a person and you know say what you want about her like I know she's been vocal about a lot of things that people don't agree with I happen to agree with a lot of what she says and so I'm I'm proud of her for for being as vocal as she is because it takes courage it fucking takes courage to say some of the things that she has said about herself over the years but one thing you can never 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 take away from her is how much she has done for other people in ways both big and small. That's always her angle. Always been her angle is like, like that's the way her mind works. Like, yeah, I want to make a show. I want to make it entertaining. But what's the way that we can like turn it so that it's like doing something for other people? Whether it's like making sure that women go get their health examinations that they need to get because that's how she lost her mom from breast cancer. You know, whether it's like, helping kids, whatever it is, it doesn't it didn't matter. She just always was thinking like in that way of like how she could be of service to people and how she could like do what she was born to do and still be of service. And it's just like it's not a way that everybody thinks nowadays. And I get it because our lives, they're all consuming. They consume all of our time and all of our thoughts. But when you are able to just like take yourself outside of it, and you're able to do something. Mm-hmm. It really it's selfish, right? Because it's as much for you as it is for the other person. It's well for sure. It's right. as much for like feeling like feeling like you did something when you felt helpless a few minutes before that moment. And so yeah. Anyway, not to go on a big tangent. I don't know. Like it does matter. It it does. It mattered to me that I was able to do that. And I just feel really lucky that like I have so many people in my life and I have had so many people in my life that are those kind of people that have been looking out for me and have
0: let me return the favor. Yeah, I know. I really like that a lot. And I it's like an ethos that I feel like I return to again and again and again. And I just think it's a good reminder for all of us, because I think it's easy it is easy to get sort of like wrapped up in the bits and pieces of your own your own grief, your own dealing with things, yeah, the world. and by the way, we've talked about it before on the pod guys we've we have, but sometimes when the macro just is too big, which right now I do feel like it feels just too enormous, just too many things in the world that are horrifying. And it feels like it's never, there's no respite. It feels like it's nonstop.
1: And it also feels like there's no correct answer. My goal is always never first do no harm. Like I'm a doctor or whatever. Like I'm never trying to hurt anyone. I
0: never want to hurt I mean, anyone. A hundred percent. But I just mean but I mean even outside of outside of the wars that are currently happening in the world. Right. I mean the like never-ending attacks on women and LGBTQIA people right. in our country and like you know this the onslaught of of just you know people's anger and right uh directing it at others in ways that are just you know not helpful and not healthy,
1: and like the thing that you're supposed to say is like, well, you know, like when President Obama was like, "Don't boo vote, and it's like, I get it, I get that that's like right the answer, but it's not. It's not the correct answer in that moment. To, no, I mean to it's someone like, that's in anguish and fear and pain. Yeah, and, exactly.
0: Yeah. Um, but yeah, when the macro just feels too overwhelming, you have to go. You got to go small. Yeah, you just we just have to. So, like, if you're feeling completely overwhelmed, as I know many of us are, let's just take a page from Kate. Let's just make someone. And I mean, I'm not cooking anyone a meal. I'm just, I just <laughs> nobody wants, you know what I mean? Like no one's this, that's not for me. It's not for me to right. do I could bake something. Well, yeah. listen, I made some pottery. Yeah. Actually, I did see, I want to say, I, it's interesting. I actually did see, I saw a friend of mine that I hadn't seen in a really, really long time, but I knew was really struggling with, with personal loss and grief, had lost a good, a very good friend of many, 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 many years recently. Yeah. And uh, I knew, I also knew, Know that like they didn't have that many people here in New York, right, and so we went out and like had had lunch and had a drink, and really just chatted and talked, and they came back to the uh house, the family home, not kismet, and I was just showing them around and everything, and then I was showing my like pottery stuff, you yeah. know. And they were like, oh, it's so funny. I collect, I have like a little owl collection. And I was like, well, wouldn't wouldn't you just know I made that owl for you? And I just felt like in that moment, I was like, that's just, that's what that was for. You know what I mean? Not that my little handmade owl is gonna make the loss of a friend better, but like, it just was like a nice, I just wanted to just, give a nice thing to my, you know what I mean? To my yeah. friend in that moment. Like I, we're, we're, this is the whole thing that we're talking about today. And also
1: what we've been talking about all these years that like life is just a series of moments and like, not to make it sound like a game, but kind of like the goal of the game is to have as many good moments as you can have, as opposed to like, Dreadful moments, we're gonna have both of them all the time, and so, like, also a part of the game to me is to try to give out good moments to other people. I consider it part of my responsibilities in life, and you know, however, I'm doing that, whether it's just like genuinely laughing at someone's joke. Or complimenting someone on a job well done, like giving them their props or thanking them sincerely for something that they did for me. Like, that's all I'm trying to do right now because it's like, it's what I think is like the best. I'm trying to do it all the time. I don't want to make it seem like, well, I waited till things were really bad. And then I tried to be
0: like, no, it's understood. You know, but I think that's understood case
1: but i just right now i think it's particularly important not to forget myself and to just say like you know what i have a few hours i can do this i can do this and i'm going to do it and i you know because i think one of the reasons why i'm saying this is like me doing my best is because there are times when i mean to do something and you I, don't and i don't do yeah, it and right. so this week i actually did it right. because i was like this por- this person is that important to me and it's that important to me just to make one thing easier and i hope it did i hope it did it doesn't change the situation at all right. other than just like making one thing easier giving someone like a few minutes yeah to to do whatever else it is that they want or need to do or focus on or just to not think about that one thing exactly exactly so you know it's it wasn't a big deal but also like it was a big deal to me that I got my shit together and followed through and did it and you know so anyway that's what I did my best at and I hope to do more of my
0: best at that in the in the future same same and I think that's a great reminder. And guys, I hope that you guys are all doing your best. Ohio, I hope we have good news. Virginia, I hope we have good news. I hope you guys voted. <sighs> yeah. I hope it's all happening. Crossing all fingers. And uh, and listen, uh, whatever happens, we're going to get through it together. So I promise that. I promise it. We love you. <laughs> Love you guys. Maybe we'll uh, talk soon. <laughs> <laughs> we'll
1: talk to you soon. Have uh, a good week. Bye. bye. I don't know
2: what I'm doing, but I'm doing
0: my best. Oh, no.